Hello, friends. Welcome to Success for Whole Ass Humans. I'm your host, Shari Bellucci, success strategist and well being coach for entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, activists, and thought leaders. I'll be your guide as well as your companion along the journey to cultivating a life grounded in your version of success while navigating the ups and downs that come with living a life as a whole ass human. We're often all going through such similar experiences, and yet we still feel isolated in them. I've created this space because I know that there's power in having our experiences normalized and how deeply transformative it is to know that you are not alone. If you're going through an experience that's challenging or complex in your life or business, and your brain has hit a wall, I want this to be the space that helps you open up that dialogue and conversation with yourself so you can explore and look at things in a way that ultimately helps you feel better and lighter. Like all of my content, my intention is not to present a one-size-fits-all solution, but to offer you possibilities to help you move through the stuckness so you can truly embrace your identity as someone who gets to create wild success, whatever that means for you, while being a whole-ass human. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey friends, before we get started, I just want to let you guys know about a special offer I have available to work with me for free during the month of June. So if you've been wanting to work together, but have been kind of hesitant about taking the next step, this is for you. I have five free 45 minute one-on-one coaching sessions available where you get one-on-one support from me on your business about a challenge that you're navigating right now. Unlike sessions I've had in the past, this one does not have a particular topic that you have to come ready to want to solve. And so this is really open-ended and a great way to experience what working together would be like if you've got something going on in your business that you are really craving support around. A few things I've helped folks with in a free session in the past are things like examining their business model and their offer suite and looking at their marketing strategy to decide if they should keep going with their current business idea or pivot into something else. I've helped my clients navigate having so many ideas, but feeling like there's not enough time or energy to execute because they're the only ones working in their business and they already feel exhausted with their current workload. Um, We've worked through creating better boundaries between their work and personal life and really working on time management so they can be more present both when they're at work and when they're offline. We've worked on building part-time businesses using their current expertise and passion so they can create supplementary income because they love their full-time job, but they're income capped in that role. I've helped clients decide on their lead generation events so they can grow their audience and draw in more one-on-one clients. We figured out where your lack of commitment, quote unquote, is coming from to go after your goals and what might be keeping you um, kind of retracting and pulling away from going after the things you feel like you really want. We talked through how to get potential clients to reach out, ask questions and schedule consultation calls, how to clarify your messaging how to encourage people to book free calls with you, and how to market in a way that feels good and serves your audience without having to create lifestyle content or be a personal brand and full-time content creator. So the possibilities are pretty much endless in terms of what we can cover in a 45-minute session. You bring your most pressing challenge, and I will bring my eight-plus years of marketing and sales experience and my four years of working one-on-one with entrepreneurs to the table. All you have to do is schedule a call on my calendar for our session, complete a questionnaire with a little bit of background information on your business and what you want to focus on in our session, and then we'll meet via video for your coaching sessions. 
The link to book your free coaching session is available in the show notes, so please feel free to take me up on that if we have not had a free session before. I would love to support you and help you walk away with one key takeaway or action item that you can implement into your business right away to start moving through this challenge and creating the results you really want in your business. Now, let's dive into this life update. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, and I think this is going to be a two-part series. I'm seeing this as being part one, and then maybe in about a month or so, I'll record a part two, um, because there's quite a bit happening in my world that I want to share with you, Um, and I want to share my intention for why I'm creating a life update episode. I know a lot of the past episodes have really focused on business success, deep dives into the work I'm doing with my clients, important conversations in our industry and space that I think we need to be having more of. Um, And honestly, part of my intention for wanting to create a life update episode for y'all, besides just to connect with you more human to human, is actually because this is a conversation that I want us to be having more in our space. And that is normalizing the tough seasons when you're in it and not just when you're on the other side of it. And I say this not because I think that you have to, you know, share your most vulnerable and suffering moments with the internet, but because I think that what often happens in our space is people tend to share the really tough stuff only when they have a neat bow around it to be able to to share at the end, right? So maybe in their end of year recap, they'll mention that they actually were going through a really tough season in the beginning of the year. And one, I think that can really set this kind of tone and precedent that you can't really talk about stuff when you're in the thick of it until you have something neat and tidy to be able to share and give takeaways from. And so I want to normalize that it's okay to be in a tough season and still be like in it and not be over it, right? Like that prolonged tough season sometimes is just what living a whole ass human life and running your business means. And um, I know on my Instagram, not long ago, I asked, you know, what kind of season y'all were in. And so many of you shared that you are in a tough life season right now. And so I just want to create a space where I can share what my tough season has looked like, because part of the reason I started this podcast was I wasn't seeing a lot of people whose life circumstances and experiences reflected my own, right? I talk a lot about feeling like it is a very white dominated space And while I love some of my colleagues in this space, it can be really difficult not to see your lived experience represented in the sea of possibilities of things that can exist, right? Alongside a business, alongside um, a successful business, alongside the journey of both making money and providing great services. And so I just wanted to be able to offer that for anyone in my community who might also have that feeling and be in that space where they feel like their lived experience doesn't quite seem like it's compatible with business ownership, right? Um, And so just to kind of, yeah, offer up my story as as a connection point. I'm also planning on sharing kind of what coping mechanisms are working for me right now. Um, I talk a lot about building your own self-care or well-being toolkit in my body of work. And so 
I thought it might be useful for you to kind of hear what coping mechanisms are working for me in this particular season. Uh, what am I doing more of? What am I doing less of? Kind of what that balance is looking like for me right now in the real like lived um, processing because what I'm about to share with you in terms of the updates is pretty recent. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sharing this with you from the perspective of this being quite fresh and quite um, something that I'm navigating in real time right now. So I want to kind of kick off the update portion by sharing the big event that kind of catalyzed the tough season. I do feel like I've been in a tougher life season for a couple of years, probably a year and a half, two years um, or so. And so it's not that this is like brand new, but I think things have just come to a head in such an intense way that I am having to navigate things a little bit differently. I also want to just provide a little bit of a content warning about mental health, um, depression, suicide as well for anyone who may be listening. If that is something that is going to be triggering or activating for you, please feel free to um, gently pause this episode and either come back to it later or skip it. Okay, so about a month ago at the end of April, I'm recording this podcast episode in early June. So at the end of April, um, my husband and I were really had this week where we were arguing a ton and we were in a really like gridlocked kind of an argument. And, you know, it's stuff that we've been dealing with for, for quite a while, right? Having different opinions on things, things and needs in the relationship, um, but there have been things that we've been working on ongoingly, but this particular week, it was really intense and I was considering whether or not I wanted to go into a separation. Well, then he had a mental breakdown. And so what that looked like was me realizing that the experiences that we had were not really about us and what was going on with us in particular, but they were severely intensified by something not being right with him mentally. And so we kind of had this acute crisis towards the end of April. Um, he is in or was in his PhD program um, and he's been dealing with a lot in that, in that journey. He's also someone who has a lot of trauma, PTSD, um, and so has navigated, you know, kind of moving from season to season in a prolonged survival mode. And so we were in the middle of an argument. I suddenly noticed that it wasn't about the argument we were having, that something in him was not okay. And so the next day we went to the ER um, to get a psych evaluation and um, we're really considering what we needed to do treatment wise for him to be okay. Um, and that kind of set off a chain of needing to do something now, right? Because we were in this period where we were contemplating like how to make things start feeling better but this was like an oh shit moment where we're like, okay, something needs to change and it needs to change pretty quickly. And for anyone who's navigated the mental health care system, it's not a fast process, right? So part of our reason for going through the ER and the hospital was to be able to gain access to 
treatment resources and things that would otherwise have a pretty extensive wait list and turnaround time. And so I definitely won't share all the details of what that process looked like in this particular episode, but let me just say I wish that we had much better support (laughs) in that area. Luckily, we did have an amazing social worker who ended up working with us um, by the time that we got to the stage we were at at the hospital and ultimately had a positive experience, but but there was a lot to, <laughs> to get there. So we spent this day there and we basically decided that we he was going to take medical leave from his program. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with PhD programs, as I wasn't before we kind of embarked on this, it's a dual of being a student and being an employee of the university. So you have the side where you are focusing on your studies, but you also have the side where you are like a TA, a teaching assistant, and you are um, either teaching or grading for a course. So you, when you take medical leave, you are taking leave as like an employee and also taking academic leave. So there was that element of it. There was the element of all the things that we'd been arguing about and feeling the tension in our relationship. And pretty much after that day in the ER, my nervous system was so shot. I was so overwhelmed and overloaded. Um, in fact, I did not, this happened on a Thursday night and the ER day was on a Friday and I did not put out a podcast episode that week as it completely slipped my mind. Um, and it wasn't even an intentional decision, just totally didn't happen. Um, and that's kind of been the only podcast episode that hasn't come out since I launched the podcast um, back in in early February. So we were dealing with this acute crisis and then obviously trying to also deal with, okay, what's the long-term plan here? How do we make medical leave happen? How do we um, get some sort of treatment support for DeAndre? What do I do to resource myself through this, right? Because caring for someone who is going through a health crisis, physical, mental, you know, any of those is going to be taking on a larger caregiving role, right? And my system was already pretty tired and shot from one, my own like health flare ups that have been taking place over the past year. And then also just like the tension and dynamic from what we've been through that previous week. Um, And then also just like the real concern and weight of watching him be in a lot of pain. And so that was where we needed to decide what we were going to do. So we kind of left our apartment for a couple of days and stayed somewhere just to kind of like reset, rest our bodies, rest our minds and not have to worry about coming up with any solutions because the reality was that everywhere was closed over the weekend and we couldn't make calls or progress until Monday anyway. So that's what we ended up doing. And so that was end of April. And then May kind of came along and my focus shifted from this really acute crisis that was going on with DeAndre to really kind of figuring out how to make space for the ambiguity and deciding what this quote unquote new normal was going to be 
while we figured out what was going on. So we were able to make some calls and come up with a treatment plan in conjunction with a social worker for him. Um, and so a lot of that was going to be, you know, outpatient work. Um, but that also meant that he was going to be on leave and at home. And in the past, he's kind of been hybrid as a student and an employee at, at the university. He has been, you know, away some of the day when I'm working from home. Um, and now he's going to be home full time for a period. And so they're pretty close to the end of the semester. So for him, medical leave meant going, um, you know, taking the month of the remainder of April and the month of May and early June, and then being revisiting things for the fall semester, which starts in late September. So that means like, there's basically a four plus month period where he's going to be working on things with his mental health. We're not really fully going to be able to tackle all of the things within our dynamic because we don't fully have capacity for it. And certainly not at, at this point where we just like went through this massive acute crisis, rock bottom, oh shit moment of like, okay, something needs to change. And so May was all about restoring my baselines, his baselines, our joint baselines, right? Because if we weren't going to look at a separation, um, and I did not feel comfortable leaving him by himself and support systems for him were limited. So um, I also, you know, in realizing that so much of what was coming up was the mental health um, layer intensifying all of the other stuff. It, it was really hard to assess what was what and and make a decision about what we wanted to happen with our relationship. And so from that standpoint, we needed to make our home as peaceful of an environment for us to both restore our baselines, our nervous systems, our bodies. Um, he was definitely at a period where he was having like full body panic attacks on a regular basis. Um, I was kind of more in a like holding period where my body was just like, you know, bracing tense. Um, and my, my mind was definitely like overstimulated, overloaded, couldn't handle a lot of, it was just not adaptable or resilient to any type of, you know, (laughs) wrench in the plans basically. So our tolerances were low. May was about making space for all of that prolonged ambiguity and finding kind of a footing. Then towards the end of May, I, in in early June, I would say, um, I started opening up to actually solving the problem and starting to seek solutions. So, you know, we focused primarily on getting him some mental health support and making sure that he had his own support containers because um, I do have my own. I have been in therapy I started therapy again earlier this year. I feel like it was February. Um, and I've been in therapy on and off um, throughout my adult life at different periods. So um, it's not my first time in therapy, but it is, um, I did just resume it after several years. So I had that support available along with, I was also um, exchanging business coaching with a good friend of mine. So we were doing coaching for coaching. So I had that container for business support. Um, and I also have a really loving family and supportive um, friend community. So 
I'll get to that in a second and kind of what all that looked like. But in a nutshell, I had the immediate personal support. So we needed to resource him with his immediate personal support and, you know, quality mental health care as well. And then we could explore like, okay, how are we actually going to solve this problem long term? Is he staying in his program? Is he doing something else? You know, what are we doing in terms of our relationship and how we want to work through that? How are we like actually getting out of this, you know, really tough season and dealing with some of these deeper problems that are going to need longer term solutions. So for most of the month of May, we totally set that aside and we're like, you know what, we're not going to solve problems right now, we are going to rest, restore baselines and revisit making decisions and seeking solutions when we're in a position to make better decisions. Um, Because you don't make excellent decisions from a dysregulated system. You just don't. And especially life-changing decisions are not the kind that you want to make from from that place. And so we both agreed on that and just um, kind of put a hiatus on it. But it is really tough when there is an urgent problem to let your brain have permission not to solve it, right? I think this is a really common parallel to business is like, Our brains really like to continue working on solving problems and turning them over in our brains. And so being in a period where you're deciding like, you know what, that's not going to be possible right now is definitely a practice and something you have to keep coming back to. But I definitely think it was made a lot easier by the fact that I didn't even have capacity to problem solve in a lot of ways. And so my brain just needed that like rest and baseline and like breathing room to be able to come back to full functioning. Okay, so then we get to early June, and we're looking at, you know, making it through to August and September. And so what I'm kind of envisioning for this period is starting to climb my slash our way up the hierarchy of needs ladder, while sitting in this prolonged period of uncertainty, right? So kind of moving from like basic safety and security needs to now looking at, you know, okay, what do we do for microdosing some joy, some like lighter moments in there, some play. Okay, maybe after that, we start like the deeper inquiry and exploration, right? But like, just slowly moving from being in full on survival mode to now being in able to really be in a little bit more of the range of emotion and then being able to handle more of the highs and the lows. So I'm going to be in a period of uncertainty for a little bit, which is not my favorite thing. It's not anyone's favorite thing, but it certainly isn't mine as someone who likes to be able to anticipate what's coming and have a nice purview of what's on the horizon I definitely have a mixture of of type A and more of a chill approach to things, but I definitely am someone who gets a lot of grounding from being able to have certainty and anticipating problems and risk management and all of those things. So that feels, it feels less overwhelming every day, but it still feels pretty daunting to know that I'm going to be kind of sitting in this indetermined position for a while. 
So I didn't mention this, but with the medical leave, um, the way that it works is it the majority of it is unpaid. Um, and so we're also kind of navigating the financial stress of that and all that that means in addition to, to the other layers. So that's the general update of what kind of kicked off this tougher season for me over the past month. I definitely have felt myself restoring back to a bigger spectrum of living. I definitely had like weeks where people were like, oh, well, I hope you're doing okay. And I was like, well, I'm really not. <laughs> I, okay is not what I would use to describe how I'm feeling right now. Um, and right now, I think I am really close to being okay. And some days I am okay. I'm still kind of riding like the up and down light waves, but I definitely feel a baseline of security and stability to where I feel okay. And I am hoping that that keeps moving on the incline as I continue to resource myself, let time pass and be more willing to, you know, kind of dig into solving the problem more long term and continue to have distance between the acute crisis period and kind of this more extended period of recovery for us. So I want to share with y'all a little bit of the lessons and insights from this period because there are so many things that I feel like I did so well and I'm so proud of myself for um, and that really helped me navigate this without completely withdrawing from my life in, in a whole bunch of ways. And so I want to share those things because I definitely am someone who does quite well in a crisis and who can easily adapt to harder situations. I feel like my life has primed me very well for that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it doesn't take a toll. And I think since my journey into becoming a business owner, I've gotten really good at knowing that difference between, hey, you can handle and manage a crisis well, and you also need to look out and take care of your needs. Um, just because you can handle it doesn't mean that you're doing well or thriving, right? And so that dance between like, can you take it on? And what toll does it take is a really delicate balance. And I feel like, thank God for the work that I do and the knowledge that I have through my life experience that I needed to prioritize taking care of myself in this season. So I'll share a couple of things that I did with that I did during the season. And hopefully it normalizes the vast amount of things that you have to take into account in order to resource yourself in a tough season. And two gives you some ideas of things that you could add to your own well being kit. So the first thing is that I asked for a lot of community support when this all started going down that like weekend, that day we uh, got out of the ER and kind of took a couple days from the apartment. I like um, was texting a couple of core people and friends and family. And so I really drew on my community to like make calls to process even that week before I fully realized that DeAndre is having like a mental health emergency. I um, was calling a lot of people to get perspective to really like help temper my own ability to see what was going on. 
during the time after kind of the acute crisis moment and throughout the month of May, I did quite a few virtual hangouts. I'm still doing quite a bit of that um, with my friends and with my family, just to kind of help with motivation with body doubling. So sometimes we do like virtual co-working things where we're both on Zoom trying to get stuff done. Sometimes it is just like watching a TV show or a movie together. Um, sometimes it is cooking and making my meals with with someone there, but really relied on a lot of virtual hangs. Um, and then definitely immediately after the like ER day, I um, asked a friend of mine to put together a meal train for us. And I really leaned on our friends and family to help us take care of meals and primarily dinners and get that entirely off our plate for like 10 days. Because when you are in a really like acute crisis and complete survival mode, your body needs a ton of rest. It takes way more energy to basic function. And so I just really knew that if I was not going to like completely withdraw from life, that I needed to have a lot of the baselines covered, right? And because of my health, eating really crappy or not eating was really going to mess with my health. And so I knew that like part of resourcing myself, even mentally and emotionally (laughs) was staying fed. So yeah, we got like 10 days worth of meals covered by friends and family. We're somewhat isolated. We've got like a community here um, in Eugene where, where we live, but the majority of my family and my closest friends do not live here. So it was kind of a combination of people, you know, offering to drop off, cook and drop off meals here. Some people sent us Uber gift cards. Um, some people like ordered something to be delivered for us. Um, some people got, you know, takeout it brought. Um, so really people came through for us and like completely covered eating (laughs) and took that off of my immediate, um, concerns list. Um, I also got quite a bit of help making decisions and with like errands and calls that we had to make and things like that, just because I was really, I just had very little capacity and everything felt overwhelming. And I knew that like, things still needed to get done. And the way that I had so many people who were like, let me know if you need anything. Let me know if you need anything. And Shari 3.0, like the version of Shari that you see today will always take people up on offers of support if she wants it. Um, Which is hilarious because this is a very, 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 very different version of Shari than I feel like I grew up as or I was like in college when I first kind of transitioned into adulthood, I was definitely the person who you would have to ask like five times before they were willing to say yes. And even then they didn't want to inconvenience you and yeah, really wanted to shoulder the burden of everything. And now like a stranger on the internet that like I've communicated with a couple of times that connects and is like, oh, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Let me know if I can do anything. If there's something they can do, I will actually be like, oh, I would so appreciate this. And obviously I keep the ask like proportional with the level of relationship. But but yeah, I think that's a really cool thing that I have cultivated is the ability to receive help. 
And that has been tremendously essential to me navigating this period with my sanity. I also had, you know, support containers, like I mentioned earlier, with uh, my business coach and my therapist. And they both really came through for me in different ways, right? It was really nice to, I actually like, decreased how much I was using my business coaching, uh, particularly like in between sessions, I really leaned on my sessions with within business coaching to like, make decisions and stay really focused on the things and the minimums that were important for me to keep moving. Um, I definitely used my therapist to process some of my own feelings, right? Because again, when you're caregiving and taking care of someone else in a crisis, it's, it can be really tough to prioritize your needs within that dynamic just because they are not as urgent or acute. Um, but it's still definitely very important to make space for that. And I even had like extra sessions with my therapist during that. We had like twice a week for like several weeks. Um, and so that was really essential as well. Yeah, I think the, the biggest lesson, insight and takeaway there that I would leave you with is that making space for yourself is essential to taking care of others long term. And this is something that I preach all the time. It's very core to my belief about well being and the way that I coach all of my clients. But it's just become so obvious and clear in the acute crisis stage that this is a very core truth, um, particularly when you look at the perspective of not just making it through an acute crisis, but really making it through the long term navigating of a tough season. The other lesson and insight that kind of came through and coping mechanism that's been working really well that I also am a pretty big advocate for in my general body of work is really leaning into my minimums in my business and getting a lot of decision making support. I talk a lot about decision fatigue and the toll that can take on leaders and business owners. But let me tell you, when you're navigating a personal life season, your mind is processing so much more information and emotions, your body is too, that making decisions is even tougher, even if they are not big decisions, right? Your decision making ability is just way more limited and I know that really well. I already have a very strong understanding of that concept. And so really leaning into that knowledge and getting that extra support from different places to reduce the amount of decisions I had to make or get support with decisions that still needed to be made and couldn't be put off was huge. I definitely had to prioritize like what got my consistency in the business in order to keep things running and sustaining. And I definitely, you know, gave myself permission to drop things or dropped things and then was really (laughs) gracious with myself. Um, So things like the podcast, like I mentioned, like I didn't even get an episode out that week and didn't realize it until three late three days later, because I wasn't even aware of what day it was. And I was like, Oh, totally didn't post post a podcast episode. Um, And I was like, you know what? If ever there was a reason not to put out a damn podcast episode, it's this. I also have been, um, you know, I got back in the groove after that of 
putting out my podcast episodes, but the audiograms haven't been making it out across my social. Um, so I have team support for a lot of my content, but the audiograms are something that I've been doing myself for, for the last couple of months. And, um, so they didn't get done. They just didn't get done. And so that's okay, right? Like sometimes you kind of have to do that dance of letting some things drop and getting clear on what are those essential needle moving tasks that need to get done or that you want to get done, right? I did have some clients who reached out and was like, hey, let me know if you need to cancel our session. And, you know, one of my clients was was so sweet. She was like, I know you have a lot going on. So um, just let me know if you're up for our session. And I was like, oh, this is th- so thoughtful of you to reach out. But I definitely want you to know that like I am taking care of myself. I am feeling happy and prepared and able to be present for our session. So, um, so please don't worry about that. And in fact, it was a very welcome distraction. So for me, in a lot of ways, it was really nice to be able to have that like escape and something good in my day that I could kind of ground into. Um, and from a place of, you know, I had capacity for that, but in terms of the minimums, like that was one of the things that I chose to keep showing up for was my coaching calls because that energy exchange of being able to still support my clients and get back like feeling supported in my life because I had some version of routine and normalcy by being in my workflow was really good and really worked for me. The other lesson I think that again, I've been I've been an advocate for for a while, but was also just made really obvious and amplified during the season was that mental and physical exhaustion are connected. I think it's wild to me how often we kind of self gaslight, like being lazy for being tired or feeling unproductive or getting down on ourselves because we didn't get as much done as we thought we should have without realizing the load that we're carrying. And I do think a lot of this has to do with the amount that we've been through as a society and definitely, you know, here in the States as a culture over the past few years, we have navigated a multi-year pandemic. We have navigated racial uprisings, political uprisings, massive cultural shifts, um, being pretty isolated socially from other humans having a lot of additional like health loads, right? People are getting sick a lot more often. People are having to deal with their children being at home a lot more often or getting sick more often. We're having to be more careful when we're sick than maybe before because of the kind of after effects of COVID. We're in this period of massive uncertainty and change, and it's requiring a lot for us to adapt to, right? Like there's just so much going on in the world and the ripple effects that's having on individual lives. And I think we forget that really quickly and we normalize to it to the point where we think that we should be performing as usual, even though life itself is not life as usual. And I know this and sometimes I still do it to myself where I'm like, I don't know why I'm so tired. But I just notice with my husband a lot, like he'll say that and he'll be like, I don't know why I'm so tired. I got like a full night's sleep. And I was like, 
Maybe the fact that you've been really anxious for like seven days is taking a toll on your body and your body is just needing to heal itself a little more, right? Um, But I just say that as a reminder to anyone that's listening that like, you don't just need physical reasons to be experiencing exhaustion. In fact, mental exhaustion is going to lead you to the physical exhaustion. It's not just about sleep. So definitely allow that to help you prioritize your mental wellness and also give yourself grace when you find that you need a lot more rest, a lot more recovery time in order to feel your rest. The other insight I I would say that I have gotten from this period is that it's really important to ride the waves, but also to have a toolbox for your lows. And what's funny is actually this is how I developed my um, launch strategy and prep back in my marketing consulting days for a lot of my clients and continue to support like my coaching clients through, right, is having like room to go through the ebbs and flows of emotions that can come up during a launch because it's a very vulnerable process and it feels so intense because it's, you know, time limited, but it also really helps to have pre-decided what tools you're going to reach for when you do have those dips. And I feel like I took a very similar approach to this period where I was like, you know what? I know there are going to be days where I don't feel okay. And then there are going to be days where I do feel okay. And I'm not going to, I'm going to remember that I'm kind of riding the waves versus feeling like, oh, I'm feeling really high energy today. Like, let me put a bunch of things on my calendar for next week because I'm feeling good today. (laughs) And then vice versa, right? Like having days where I'm feeling really low and like nothing, nothing feels worth like putting all my energy behind or I just don't have it in me. Like I'm not going to cancel everything the following week either, right? So I'm really being intentional with giving myself that spaciousness to ride the waves and not make decisions in the waves. But, you know, when you do hit a low point, of the wave that maybe it feels less tolerable, right? Just really having a good toolbox. And for me, a lot of that is having a couple of people I can reach out to. It is, you know, having my therapist and being able to book an extra session. It is having some really basic self-care practices that I can do when I feel completely energetically tapped out, right? That might be like, a comfort show that I can watch and kind of bring my body back to baseline. It might be naps are really big for me too. It might be a cup of tea. I am like a huge tea person. Um, So really having those things that like make me feel cozy and safe and going harder on those on those days that I know that I'm going through a low to help me ride out the low. Because I think what can happen is if we don't resource ourselves to ride those very low lows, we stay in the low a lot longer and it feels like the low is going to last forever. Every time you're in a low, it probably does feel like it's going to last very long. That's what makes the low so scary, but it definitely feels different to be able to name that you're in a low and tend to yourself as if you're in a low instead of trying to pretend like you're not that low and feel hopeless about your ability to do anything, right? It's almost like just choosing to soothe yourself in that period versus needing to heal yourself from it, right? For me, that's the difference between 
riding the wave and really like solving the problem is giving yourself permission to move through that cycle long enough for you to get at a better baseline versus needing to like solve the way that you're feeling and shift it immediately. Okay, the last thing that I kind of want to say in terms of lessons and insights from this period um, is kind of related to the business and the tweaks and shifts that I made during that period so that I could continue showing up and allow my work life to still feel like a good, stable part of my routine. And the biggest lesson there for me is that work can be a stressor or an energizer or both. And it's really important to discern what shifts you need to make based on whether work is a stressor or an energizer for you in a particular season. This is something that I help my clients with a lot. And it's something that I have put a lot of thought into in my own life and part of why I even wanted to build my own business and the way I've approached like jobs that I wanted to pursue in the past as well is I really value work being a place that energizes me. It's just my personal perspective that we spend so much time working and I enjoy working personally. So if I'm going to be spending, you know, eight hours a day doing something, it better not be depleting me because that's 40 hours of a week that you're going to be making yourself miserable. That's a really long time to be not feeling good. And so For me, I really do try to prioritize building my business and my work life around things that do energize me. Obviously, there are parts of our work that aren't exciting, that are not energizing, but that doesn't mean they have to be stressful. And I think that's different. Now, you might be someone who maybe doesn't enjoy working quite as much. You might be someone who has a really stressful job or for whom when you are in a personally stressed state, it is really hard to feel regulated in your professional life. And I don't think you need to make that wrong. I think you just need to know like what your body and system needs when you're in a tough season in order for you to feel your best. And so for me, knowing that work was an energizer for me, but also that my general capacity and ability to show up was limited because I was tired more often, my brain was more cluttered, and my system was just like really stressed. And I had a lot of extra life logistics that needed my attention during the day. What I did is I worked reduced hours for that week that um, after the acute crisis that we experienced. So after ER, um, I set up an autoresponder, let people know that I was going to be out of the office for a day. And then after that weekend, I, you know, was back at work, quote unquote, but I don't, I think I maybe had like one or two calls scheduled for that week. And I may have canceled anything extraneous and, you know, let people know that I was navigating, you know, a family medical emergency and that I would get back with them on a reschedule. So I pushed all the things that um, that needed to be pushed, but I worked reduced hours that week so that I wasn't completely like checking out of work because for me, that would actually make me more anxious, like not looking at it because it wasn't like there was anything I could really do in that interim. You know what I mean? Like there were things that needed to get done and then it was kind of a waiting game. And so for me, I really um, wanted to keep working, but I also knew I couldn't work like full days every day. So part of what I came up with my therapist was to play with working four hours a day. So I started, you know, I took a day or two off 
um, after the initial crisis. Then I worked um, reduced hours for the week I returned. And then for the following two weeks, I worked like half days, basically. And so I, I was able to do that because I communicated basically with anyone who could be impacted by my reduced workload without feeling compelled to bear it all publicly. I definitely didn't fully share it because we were so in the weeds of filing the paperwork and like telling family members and all of that. And we didn't even know what it meant or what we were planning to do. Right. So I definitely didn't like post it publicly or share anything like that. I think um, at a certain point, you know, I, I did post an update to my community that I was navigating something really tough um, and asked for support in that way. But I really prioritize communicating with my clients, with my team, um, with anyone who kind of needed to know what was going on or if I was showing up differently. And so that's what I really prioritize. And I feel like that's a really good rule of thumb to help you kind of get some breathing room and make sure that you're still communicating with the people that that will be impacted by something going on with you without feeling compelled to now go share <laughs> everything in real time with your audience. And then, you know, eventually I did feel like I wanted to to share this with you all. And so I just had a conversation with DeAndre and was like, hey, I know anything I share about kind of this period is necessarily going to touch on what's been going on with you. Like what level of comfort uh, do you have around what I share? And so we just kind of talked through that, what he would feel comfortable with me sharing. Um, and he was pretty damn open about all of it. Um, and so that's kind of what led to this episode and to me um, feeling ready and able to kind of share what's been going on. So to kind of round out this life update episode, I want to talk through like takeaways that I would invite you into if you are going through a tough season, because I think that it's so normal. And I think the best way to navigate a tough season is to be intentional. And it is hard to be intentional when your brain is in survival mode. That's just true. I am so blessed that my work and my craft is focused on helping people navigate change and tough shit that I have the tools and resources to be able to easily draw on because I'm having these conversations all day, every day. But I understand that that's not everyone's work, right? Same way that like other areas of my life, I'm not in 24 seven. And so I really draw on other people who can come to that like clarity and wisdom and how to's very quickly. And so I would love to kind of provide that for you through a couple of different things. So if you're going through a tough season, if I were to give you like a three-step process, I know I, I rag on like formulas and processes all the time, but I do think a structure is nice as a Virgo and an earth on earth on earth sign. <laughs> I really do love a structure. And I find that structure is so, so incredibly grounding when you are navigating a very tough season. So I would say, I would say step one is to take inventory of your mental and emotional real estate and really see how much capacity do you have? How crunched are you? And you can use like a scale of zero to 10 to kind of litmus test yourself and see like, 
okay, how much real estate is currently unavailable right now, right? You can almost think of it like storage on your computer or your phone, right? You got 10 gigs, how much is currently occupied? And then I would say step two is to evaluate the resources that you can access to clear out some of that mental and emotional real estate, right? So this might look like, I'm really loving this computer analogy, so let's go with that. So let's say you've got 10 gigs available of storage. You are feeling like your mental and emotional real estate is at about an eight, right? You've got eight, maybe 8.2 gigs that are full. So that doesn't leave you a lot of extra room to be able to function and adapt to other things. So what can you do to clear up some of that RAM pretty quickly? Are there old files in your downloads? Are there you know, um, maybe one or two really big video files that are taking up a lot of storage, right? Um, So what are those things for you, right? For me in that acute crisis state, it was um, a lot of the meal planning and the feeding myself that was taking up some of that real estate. It wasn't a huge percentage, but maybe it was like one gig, right? So just taking that off for the week and going, you know what, I can ask my friends and family for this because each person only has to contribute one meal, but that takes care of my meals for over a week and gives me that breathing room to figure out what we're going to do next. Um, maybe for for business, that looks like, okay, I am going to drop down from posting daily to maybe posting three times a week. And maybe that means I'm going to draw on some more repurposed content during those days so that I can crank this out in one hour instead of three. Maybe that looks like um, leaning on a team member if you have a virtual assistant or an uh, online business manager who supports you, content manager, right? Maybe that's asking them for a little extra support or adding on a couple of extra hours in order to do that. But look at the resources that you can access. They can be financial, they can be time related, they can be cutting and clearing things out completely, but just really looking at the resources that you can access to clear up some of that mental real estate so that you have more to work with during this time of intensity. And then step three, I would say, is to focus your energy when you have it on the highest value and most urgent items. So knowing that you're going to have limited capacity and that your energy is going to be a little bit less than usual, when you do have those periods, maybe it's an hour or a couple hours a day where you feel okay and clear enough to be able to get some shit done, know what your highest value and most urgent items are, because otherwise in a state of crisis, you are going to default into the lowest resistance items, which often are the like autopilot default busy tasks instead of the needle moving tasks. And that's going to put you in a really tough position where you're going to end up having to work more hours when you don't have the energy in order to get all of your shit done. If you know that your most urgent item is maybe it's responding to a team member or client, maybe it is making sure that you get dinner taken care of, Maybe that is prioritizing time to call a loved one. Maybe that is uh, making a call to, I don't know, an errand call to the bank to find mental health support, whatever those things are, like get really clear on those so that in those pockets where you have energy, 
you don't have to decide what you're doing with that energy. And you can focus on those things that are going to be most important and highest value to you. Also, side note, those can be rest. In fact, I think it'd be really good for those to be also like rest. Sometimes the high value thing you can do is to book yourself some sort of self-care appointment, to book yourself a little bit of time to like one thing I did a lot and I'm still doing is I like take myself to the park. The weather is really nice right now. So I will like go take myself outside when I have energy because otherwise I'm inside a lot and I know it's so good for my mental health right now to have that extra time outside. And so that might be like a high value item that you add to your list. So just get really clear on that for yourself. Last thing I would say, which kind of goes with that last one, is step four would be be more ruthless about filling your cup. I've given this analogy before um, when I talk about the difference between caring for yourself in a tough season versus caring for yourself um, when you're at like a normal capacity. And I tell the same thing for my clients who are navigating like mental health challenges or like chronic health challenges is when you are navigating something else, the extra stressor on top of your usual life, um, even if this thing is chronic and actually does look like your default baseline normal life, it is the difference between having a cup that has nothing piercing the bottom and having a cup that has like a little hole or a larger hole. Sometimes we think that one thing should be enough to fill our cup and we feel annoyed at how much rest and recuperation and filling we need in order to feel good. I think that just adds pressure to an already tough situation. And so the more ruthless you can be about filling your cup, the better, because one, you really can't take care of other people or other situations without being well-resourced. And two, it's going to, your cup is going to need to be refilled more often because it has a hole in it right? The amount of stressor on your life right now is high, which means your tank or the amount of water in your cup is depleting a lot faster. It doesn't mean that those usual tools aren't working. It just means that their their longevity has been condensed and collapsed into a shorter amount of time. And so I really recommend doubling down on filling your cup as much as possible and making that a priority item during that phase, because that's how you're going to be able to recover faster instead of like further depleting yourself. And I know this is tough and I want to emphasize that this doesn't have to require money or a lot of time. These can really be short um, bursts that you give yourself, but really prioritizing that instead of going into that default autopilot, like I can handle this, I'm okay, I'm fine mode is so, so important because When you're in that mode, you're not locked into what your body is going through or what your mental state really is. And it's very easy to run into burnout or have like an acute kind of breakdown or oh shit moment when you're not keeping tabs on continually resourcing yourself. So just know that your cup is going to deplete itself faster than usual. That's okay. That's normal. That's human means you're functioning like a normal human in a normal crisis state, but just make that a priority during the season. 
Okay, so that's all I've got for y'all today. I hope this episode was useful and I hope that you are not going through a tough season right now. But if you are, I see you and it's so normal and it's hard as hell. And this is why I have a business based on the philosophy that you get to have a business that makes space for your whole ass human self. And that's all I've got for y'all today. So I will talk to y'all next week. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to Success for Whole Ass Humans. If you enjoyed this episode or have found this podcast valuable in your business journey, please leave us a review so that more people can find us and we can keep spreading the message that we get to be whole ass humans and create wild success. If you want to connect with me more, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Shari Bellucci, and I will see you all next time.